and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. That's why I Good morning and welcome into the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We got Shay, we got Charlie, we got you here on this Football Friday. Still to come, we'll have our picks. We'll take a look at uh, week 18 for the National Football League. We'll have our picks coming up at 818. And also the great Courtney Cronin will be with us as we talk Bears and Vikings with Courtney. Time for Shot or No Shot at this time every day. And it's brought to you by... Here is... Good morning, Secretary. I miss you, buddy. Here is the great Shay Norling. You Jesse up, Rogers? What? I miss you, buddy. Yeah, I do. I miss you, buddy. A Jesse in here with Hoodie. I didn't realize that. How about uh, the, the sponsor? Uh, the, uh, the, of course, Shout or No Shout, as we're always. In, we're in discussion. Who's, who's we're? You? Good yeah. morning, friends. How, how do you have... Hold on a second. How do you have time for that? Uh-huh. You're, you're too busy trying to stick your beak into what's happening in the city. Uh, Running for mayor, too? Nope. No mayor stuff for me. No politician in my future. Not being a politician, that's not me. Okay. No shot. You sure? It, people, listen between, people listen between 7 and 10. Yeah. Not a politician? No. Okay. No shot. Um, a lot of politics from that side of the room. A lot from you. N- you never hear me talk politics. Sports politics. Business politics. Yeah. His radio politics. Yeah, not the real politics. <laughs> not the real stuff. Not I, the real clear politics. Hard pass. Uh, hard freaking pass. Commercials are out, man. I'd love to see you out there. Because you know what? I'm what, just telling you. Absolutely. That's, that's what you'd run on. Your policy would be, I'm just telling you. And you know what? People would vote for you. Absolutely. You'd be out there on the streets like you did yesterday. I'm here with on the, the streets with, with the, the people. people. That's exactly right. That's David Kaplan. I'm just telling you. Where's the mayor when this thing happens? I'm here. <laughs> Where was the mayor? Go channel 11. Uh, all right, Shay, what do you have? All right, I'm going to start with a Justin Fields question. His season has come to an end, and the refer- referendums have begun. There are still those claiming, well, the offensive line and the receivers are what they are, that the quarterback hasn't played well enough and has yet to arrive as a passer. So shot or no shot, Fields is a part of the problem with the Bears' air attack. That's a shot because he's got to be better. Anyone that just completely blindly, Bob and LaGrange, defends him that he's amazing. And I'm his biggest backer. I love Justin Fields. I'm glad he's our guy. But yes, he's got to be much better. Got to be. But he also got to be surrounded with competent NFL talent. Receivers. O-line, etc. Yes, that's all-encompassing. I would say I would agree with you. Uh, it is a shot, Shay, because for those yesterday when we were giving out letter grades for Justin Fields and we had a few Bears fans, overzealous Bears fans that are giving him an A, then you don't know what you're ta- seeing. You don't know what you're talking about. Correct. To give him an A means that he's perfect as is. Well, he's not perfect as is. If he's perfect as is, put it this way, Cap. How about this? If if Justin Fields was perfect as is, then Justin would have overcome some of the issues with this football team, and he would have carried the team on his back. The whole team, offense, defense, special teams, his arm would have carried the team to wins that you didn't expect. More than the three, I mean, like four or five, like six wins. So that so he's not able to do that yet. So so because of that. That's why I give him, why you give him a B, why I give him a B minus. So, no, there's some issues with him still also. Say, for instance, the running lanes are shut down. Okay, so what are you going to do about it, Justin? What are you going to do about it? 
If the offensive line gets better, can you get the ball down the field? We've seen semblance of that. We've seen some signs. But can you do it on a regular basis? Yes. Go back and watch his game tapes. I watched again. I told you this over the weekend, last weekend. Boy, I can't believe it's already the weekend again. I watched it last weekend, his tapes from Ohio State. Dude, this guy can process. This guy can throw. Get him some freaking players that get separation. They're worst in the league at getting separation for their wide receivers. And get him some people that can protect him. Braxton Jones last week should be arrested for mal- uh, for uh, manslaughter. Mm-hmm. He got destroyed. Can he? Will he? And that's the question. I want a new left tackle and put Braxton at right tackle. Mm-hmm. You don't have a right tackle. Borm's not good enough. Riley Reef's not going to be here. I'm not sure Tevin... Is Tevin Jenkins the answer? We'll see. He's always hurt. All this is an evaluation. This whole season, right? This Correct. whole offseason. I have no idea. All I know is that Larry Borm, Larry Borm likes to give away Bears tickets. Saw that on Twitter. He always like, does. Who wants to go to the game? <laughs> so he's good enough to st- stick around with the Bears and be able to give out Bears tickets. Very cool that he does all that. Yeah. Very cool. But Jay. I don't know if he's a good enough player. All right, well, speaking of the offensive line, the Bears designated Tevin Jenkins and Michael Schofield for injured reserve earlier this week. They currently, I couldn't believe this, do not have a first-string right guard listed on the depth chart. Mm. It will likely be some kind of combination between Riley Reef and Jatir Carter rotating snaps at right guard. So, shot or no shot, Nathan Peterman will get sacked at least five times on Sunday. Oh, he said in the number, five. Uh, it'll be four. Yeah, I'm going to go under the five. Mm-hmm. What did he get sacked last week, did you say? Justin? Justin like seven, seven, I think. Seven, that's yeah. what I thought. Uh, I'm going to go, wow, you picked a really good number. If you had said six, I would clearly pound the under. It's four. Could it get to five? Yes. Mm-hmm. Could there be ones where he runs out of the pocket and gets tackled before he gets to the line of scrimmage? So it's technically a sack, but it was really a run. I'm going to take the under, but... With your money, not mine. I understand. Uh, so I'm going to take the under, and uh, we will see Tim Boyle Sunday. He'll be active, right? He will be the backup. Yep. So we'll see, we will see Tim Boyle. Probably. <laughs> I want emergency quarterback. I'm rooting for... Montgomery. The, yeah, I'm rooting for David Montgomery passing snaps. You know something? You might see that. You might see that anyway. One thing for sure, Cap, that we we'll talk. We got a long offseason to talk about this. The, the play design of Getsy is pretty sound. It's pretty sound. Like, like, like the direct snap to Komet, the direct snap to Montgomery, mm-hmm. and then the, the toss to, to Fields. Like, at least the operation does not look embarrassing. Or is it, is it not working backwards like it normally does offensively? It actually is very exotic at times. This is what it's got to be like to be in the mind of Luke Getsy. Who I like. Mm-hmm. All right, 22 blast, whatever the protection is. Uh, coach, you can't run that. Doctors don't want Justin running anymore. Shoulders bother. Oh, for crying out loud. All right, let's try this 122 throwback. Pa- can't run that. Equinemius is in the protocol. For crying out. Uh, yeah. Who can I get that gets some separate? Claypool's knees bothering him. He had a meltdown. You can't run that either. Come on. All right, hand it off. Hand it off. Right? All right. You take the snap, uh, Komet, and then you throw it to uh, Evans, the, third, the fourth string. Darrington Evans. Darrington Evans. 
<laughs> I mean, it can't be easy to be Luke Getze. Shay. All right. The village of Glenview is doing a feasibility study for a freeway ramp I-294 at Milwaukee Avenue. They want a new northbound off-ramp and a new southbound on-ramp. So my question, shot or no shot, this is Arlington Heights Bears prep in disguise. I, it's Where is it? 294 and where? 294 at Milwaukee. A new northbound on and a new southbound off. Or a new northbound off and a new southbound on. That's for sure. You're getting ready for Arlington Heights. And that, I thought the shot or no shot is, is Danny moving? He won't be able to tolerate that. Shot or no shot, Danny is going to have a new home in Arlington Heights. <laughs> I, I, that sounds like that is them getting ready for something special here. Diana's going to come walking in. Are we moving? Yeah. Yes, Diana. It's in, yeah, we're, gonna, we're moving to Arlington Heights. All this traffic around here, I can't take it. I can see that happening. I'm going to work from the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> guys on office there. Guys on office. Nice desk. Nice Who's chair. Long haired guy. That's Danny's house. <laughs> yeah. The ESPN 1000 offices? Sure. Correct. So, um, I think that the, absolutely that is Bears. What did you call it? Bears prep? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's prep for the Arlington Heights Bears. Yes. Shot. I think so. Now, now, again, like it is always in the state, I always ask you, how soon can you get that ready? I mean, if, they're five years from being in that stadium, minimum. Yeah. Because they said by the end of 23, they hope to have the purchase of Arlington Heights approved and closed. Mm-hmm. Okay, then you have to go through the process of figuring out what are, like I'm sure art, uh, architects are working on designs, mm-hmm. but you still have to get all those approved. What do you mean you're going to put this there? No, 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 you can't. Then you're going to have to increase the metra and whatever else it is. And we're going to have to expand 53. Yeah, it's five, six years away. Yeah. I just want to know if it's going to be ready. I mean, it's, you know, things work slow around here. Yes. I mean, I'm starting to wonder, will President Obama still be around when his library goes up? <laughs> I mean, it's still a thing in Hyde Park. You're There's still- 96-year-old Barack Obama. going <laughs> to wheel him in just to see his own library. That thing, man, it's God. It's taking a long time. And it's just like anything else, right? It takes time. It's crazy. Especially in this town. Yeah. Shay. Um, all right. Arguably the MLB's premier free agent, Carlos Correa, still does not have a finalized contract with the New York Mets. Last night it was reported that his team is in contact with at least one other club for the first time in two weeks. Shot or no shot, the Cubs need to swoop in and get Correa. Well, what are you hearing? Okay, I have... I've not been responded to, so I, I've oh, made some calls. They're shutting so it I down. Heard, heard yet? They're not going to e- acknowledge any of that. Swoop in depends, Shay, on the terms. If if he called and said, "Hey, we're going to do a one year deal to prove this guy's healthy," so we'll take a three year like Minnesota type deal with an opt out after one. I mean. Am I trying to win next year? I guess if I get Correa, I am. Uh, that's a shot. If you tell me it's six years at $240 million, no, I'm not doing it. If he's failed physicals for two teams, why do I want to be locked up for that length of time? Short term, prove you're healthy, different story. 
Well, don't look at me. I mean, that, that does that's not happening here on the home of the Sox. I mean, we, we just we just signed a big deal for Melky Cabrera. So, I mean, seriously, Melky Cabrera. I mean, seriously. So don't look my way. That like the Sox aren't doing anything. Can close I to ask that. you a question? And this is not Cubs fan cap taking a shot at your White Sox. Yeah, I just have a, a legitimate question. Yeah. They had a press conference to introduce him. Yeah, why were Rick or Kenny not there? Great question. It was, it was Grafal, right? It was Grafal and yeah. Ben Attendi. That's it. You're telling me the GM or the team executive VP who had to sign him? Neither know. one's there? I don't know. Was, was Kenny... It was Grafal's guy, right? Like Graf- They yeah. brought it up and Grafal was the nail in the coffin that sealed the deal. Okay. What, was Rick in the... Was he part of a conference call? I Rick thought, did he, make comments. I thought I didn't. Yeah, I don't know if he was, was at not, the press conference, he but he did make there. comments. It's odd. It's just odd. Usually, a GM has got to be there. Well, Dansby Swanson was there. Jed was front and center. I don't know why he was not there. Neither. Yeah, I don't know. Like well, I would call I, I, you, I, I, go hoodie. Yeah, I've got to go wherever it is. Can you handle the press conference? Or you'd say to me, "Yeah, Cap, I've got to do this. Can you handle it?" Neither guy. I just found that very curious. I didn't expect Kenny to be there because he's behind the curtain. But he's still involved, as he will let you know. That's fine. I just, But in a situation like that, he's behind the curtain. I expected Rick to be there because Rick is supposed to be the one to put the jersey on the new player. Right. Take the victory lap. You got a guy for the most money the team's ever spent, as small as that may be. But back in the day, the owners are always there. I did like, not like, get like, it. Like Jerry would, would have been there back in the day. I didn't get it. It's the richest purse we've ever given. <laughs> we've never given out this much money. Hey, uh, Ben and yeah, don't screw me. Yeah. Don't screw me. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of lunches. Just be careful. <laughs> like, don't get hurt. <laughs> so that, I, would, I was expecting him to be there, yes. I just thought it was curious. Shay. That's it. That's shot or no shot, boys. Coming up next, we have the picks for the National Football League in Week 18. Who's going to win? Who's going to fall short? We'll find out coming up next on Cap and J Hood. You're listening to Cap and J Hood. Follow the show on Instagram at the Catman and at IGJ Hood. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? For an opportunity to go around the National Football League here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Let's take a look at the records here. Shea Norling, 68 and 65 on the season. Cap 66, 66 and 67. Um, the fourth chair. An amalgamation of folks. JR is 63 and 70. I am not happy with my performance over the last few weeks. Snorling has made a hell of a run back. How about that, Shay? How about that? Go ahead, Shay. All right. Uh, and the I ch- am 60 and 73. No one listens on the show. Nobody. It's amazing. We're in communication. No one's listening. No one listens. I heard it. 
I was laughing. Snorling's made a hell of a run. <laughs> 60 and 73. <laughs> Here is Jay Norling with the Week 18 picks. You let your picks get personal. You don't like a guy. I don't like that guy. I'm oh, going he says the them. guy who goes, that coach is a good guy. Give me Clemson. Yeah, pretty much. All right, let's get they started with the picks. <laughs> they did not. They lose? I didn't even watch. I tell you. Now you're just making it up. lost to Tennessee. That's not a good journalist. I'm you, on the, the crime and accident scene. You gotta be you gotta be accurate of that too, by the way. I think she's dead. Nope, she's alive. <laughs> that's, not, that's not gonna work there, Gowdy. Oops. Cap Gowdy. That's not gonna work. Dave Savini, you got competition coming. Uh-huh. Cap comes with his own blue light. Go right ahead, pal. All right, let's get into it. Chiefs, a nine and a half point favorite on the road in Vegas, taking on the Raiders. Nine and a half points is a lot to give for a team that really doesn't have a ton to play for now that the AFC championship game is likely to be a neutral site if both them and the Bills win. So I'm going to actually take the Raiders to keep this closer than the nine and a half. I like the Raiders as well. I believe the Chiefs are going to win the game, but I believe that Raiders will stay in there and keep the game interesting. So give me the Raiders. Charlie? Yeah, I'm also going to go with the Raiders. Um, like you said, there's just not a lot to play for, and this is a big spread in that kind of situation. I trusted Snorling on this pick because I was going to take the Chiefs thinking they're just going to kick their... Maybe what? Maybe they will. But Snorling, I, I trusted Snorling. This is the only pick I trusted him on on my sheet in the Sun-Times, so I'm on the Raiders. Titans at Jags. The Jags a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Really resurgent end of the year for Jacksonville, who was dead and buried early and somehow might win the division, and Charlie's future bet's going to pay off for everybody in the room. Jags minus six-and-a-half because Trevor Lawrence is a stud, and the Titans are starting a dead body at quarterback. I'm going with the Jags. No question. Uh, Doug Peterson saw the rally coming for the Jaguars, and now here they are, right? So... They had a five-game losing streak. They were two and six at one point. And uh, now the Titans are just not the Titans that we're used to seeing. Give me the Jags in the six and a half. Yeah, can anyone tell me anything about Josh Dobbs besides where he went to college? Give me the Jaguars here, man. It's been a roller coaster with my future. Yeah, I am, first of all, thanking Charlie because I cashed out. I took the cash out option two weeks ago on my wager on the Jaguars that I made simply because... CB recommended. I went, that's a good idea. Bam, we went to break that day, put the money in. I got the cash out option. I made a nice profit, so I'd like to thank you for that, A. And I'm taking the Jaguars, one of my top plays in the Sun-Times. Browns at Steelers. The Steelers are two-and-a-half-point favorite. It's Mike Tomlin at home, playoffs on the line. Fun fact, Kenny Pickett is the first rookie in NFL history to have a Game-winning touchdown in the final minute in back-to-back weeks. Steelers. Steelers were 2-6 and six at one point this season, and look how they've rallied. The standard is the standard. Give me the Steelers in the 2.5. They were going to win this game. Yeah, this is not the kind of spot where Mike Tomlin and his teams lay an egg. I also like the Steelers here. Yep, the standard is the standard, and I am all over the Steelers this weekend. Uh, You're correct. Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in the National Football League. He continues to prove it, and I am taking Pittsburgh. 
The New England Patriots taking on the Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park. The Bills have said they're going to play for three. There is no question this game will be played, and I think they show up and load Matt Patricia in a rocket ship to outer space. Bills minus seven. Bills minus seven in this one. The hearts and the minds and the soul will think about what happened on Monday night. That that crowd's going to be in a fever pitch to push the Bills to victory. They will cover the seven. They might win by maybe nine or ten, actually. Bills all the way. You know, this is a tough spot to go against the Bills, and I still like what I see from the Patriots' defense a lot. I think they can keep it close. I don't think they win this, but I'm going to take the Patriots to cover the seven. Wow. Hmm. thought you were a sharper kid than that. Uh, I am going to go with the Buffalo Bills. They talked about what a galvanizing moment it was. Jeremy Fowler and others have reported on the Zoom call with the DeMar Hamlin's dad mm-hmm. speaking to the entire team. And the applause that broke out and the first time they'd smiled since that incident and how they're playing for him and it just galvanized the team. Bill's roll, baby. Take that, Belichick. Ravens, a seven-point dog in Cincinnati. This game no longer for the division because Cincinnati wins it by default. But they are playing for a chance to flip a coin for home field in a potential wild card matchup between these same two teams. I think John Harbaugh has his team ready to go even without Lamar Jackson. Give me the Ravens. Mm, I like the Bengals uh, in this one. I like the Bengals to win the game. And I think they can beat the Ravens. This is... uh, Who's the backup? I just lost to Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley. Yeah, I, I like the Bengals to win the game, and I like the seven. So it, you like them to cover the seven? Mm-hmm. Okay. Charlie? For me, it's these kinds of moments where it's just hard to go against Joe Burrow. I'm going to take the Bengals to cover that seven. I know it's a big number, but I just like what Cincinnati has to offer on offense so much. I am all over the Raven. I take the points. I think it's a competitive game. I don't think they're selling out. We got to win, but I'm taking the points. Give me the Ravens. The only thing, way that they're going to be able to stay in the ball game is if their vaunted defense, especially in the red zone, is able to be a big factor. Like if the Ravens' defense comes to play, yeah, it will be a closer game. They're number two in the in the league when it comes to red zone defense. Let's see what happens. Uh, the Cowboys on the road. Laying seven against Washington, there is still an outside chance the Cowboys could be the one seed in the NFC if Armageddon happens and the Eagles and Niners both lose. So I think Dallas goes in there and beats the hell out of a commander's team without a quarterback. Give me Dallas. Yeah, I like Dallas uh, covering the seven. You know, usually when you have rivalry games like the Cowboys and the commanders, you throw the numbers out. Not in this situation. The Cowboys are on a roll. They are going to knock out the commanders in a big way. Yeah, I'm not a Sam Howell guy. I'm going to say that the Cowboys win this one with style points. They win it going away, and they cover the seven. Yep, the Commanders. Please let Ron Rivera know. I've been eliminated from the playoff consideration. Dallas isn't going to get the one seed. They're not going to get the Armageddon they need, but they are going to win and win convincingly. Give me the Cowboys. How does Heineke step aside? How does that happen? The starting quarterback goes out. Sam hasn't had an opportunity. Come on, step up, Sam. Who does that? Who steps aside? That's a story out there, you know. I think he's like, yeah, let the let the guy here in the corner get a, get a start. And by the way, we're going against the Carmen De, Carmen J. DeFalco principle. You interconf or interdivisional at home dog take the points. We are turning them down. Yep. Throw all that crap out in week eighteen, man. I like the Cowboys. 
Rams getting six in Seattle, taking on the Seahawks. This one, I'm, I'm betting for the vibes. I want Lions-Packers to be a playoff game on Sunday night. I think the Rams can win this game outright. This kind of smells. Remember when Indianapolis just had to beat Jacksonville as a 17-point favorite and they melted down and missed the playoffs? I'm taking the Rams. I like Seattle to be able to win this outright against the Rams. Yeah, I agree with everything that Shea said regarding the vibes. I, I, I'm just trying to manifest Sunday night being a playoff game. Uh, give me give me the Rams here. And let's just, Quanta, you said outright they're covering the six for you, right, Hoodie? Yep. Okay. Give me the Rams setting up Sunday night theater. Lions, my Lions, rolling in the Lambo. I think at some point you just have to look at the matchups and say you've never seen a team so bad come out the Super Bowl in the history of the league. The 11 losses. Like that, I think at some point you have to look at the matchup over the story. I think Baker's playing for his career a little bit, though. If he doesn't play well and win this game, he probably never starts another NFL game. His career is progressive commercials. That's correct. Uh, Lions at Packers, Sunday night football. The Pack a four-and-a-half point favorite. I don't think the Lions lay down and die here. I wouldn't bet this at four-and-a-half because maybe it'll be six if the Seahawks win. But I'm going to take the Lions either way. So Lions. I like the Lions as well. Lions also will win the game. I said I'm trying to manifest this being a playoff matchup. I'm also trying to manifest the Packers missing the playoffs. Give me the Lions. I believe that the Lions, now I took the points with the Rams. There's a chance, very good chance, that Seattle wins and does not cover, rendering the Lions impotent going into Sunday night for a playoff spot. They are going to pound on Aaron Rodgers. They're going to play good football. The Lions will win the game outright, but I'll take the four and a half in our pick. Mm-hmm. Quickly, the battle for the number one pick. Texans at Colts. The Colts a two and a half point favorite. I want the number one pick in Chicago. I want that content for us. Give me the Texans. I like the... <laughs> oh, God. The toilet bowl. God. Cap, why do I think the Colts can win this game? Got a good feeling. What do you think? Well, here's the question. Yeah. Charlie, make your pick real quick. Go ahead. Manifest, manifest, manifest. Texans winning. Okay. Here's the question. Thought about this a lot last night. Mm-hmm. Does Lovey ignore the code red? Remember the movie yeah. A Few Good Men? Yeah. He's been ordered the code red. Mm-hmm. You are not winning this game. We're getting the number one pick. Does Lovey ignore the code red? Well, he's pretty defiant. Yeah. So, yeah, his defense will be ready to play. Yeah. God. I think the Colts are going to win. I don't know. Colonel Jessup is his boss. He ordered the code red. I think Lovey ignores the code red. I'm taking the text. I'll just take the Colts because I don't know what's going to happen here. Either way, the Bears will be fine. Did you order the code red? Vikings laying seven in Chicago, taking on the Bears. This one just stinks to high heaven. I don't understand how it's not 20. The Bears are starting Nathan Peterman, but I'm going to take the Bears because that doesn't sound right. Maybe the Vikings rest people at halftime. Vikings roll. Vikings minus seven. Yep. Vikings win this like 31-13, 31-7, something like that. I'll go 31-13. Give me the Vikings. Speaking of the Bears and Vikings, Courtney Cronin will preview it coming up next on the ride in to work. It's Cap'n J. Hood. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Cap'n J. Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Now. 
Courtney Cronin. Double C. Bears insider and Irish dancer. I was an Irish dancer, probably like 10 to like 13. Takes you into Hallis Hall on Cap'n J. Hood. Cap'n J. Hood. Weekday mornings at 7 here on ESPN 1000. Hope that you have a great Friday and a great weekend. As we get ready for the Bears and Vikings, the last game of the regular season for the Chicago Bears. Courtney Cronin covers the Bears for ESPN Chicago. She joins us here on Cap and J Hood. Good morning, Courtney. Hi, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, double C. Same to you. Same to you, Courtney. So uh, we heard from Chase Claypool who was talking about how the Bears have to have a little bit more pride. I was a little fired up because, uh, you know, we can't lose that bad ever. So we got to have a little more pride, have a little more heart. Don't let that happen again. It's interesting. We talked about this in the 7 o'clock hour, Courtney, was saying that we have to have a little bit more pride. I was wondering if you felt like he was casting aspersions against any certain Bear or maybe the vibe in the locker room. He's from the Steelers where the standard is the standard, but he's like – I think in some ways he's saying, well, maybe losing is a little bit too comfortable here. What did you think? Yeah, I, I caught that kind of same vibe because I go back to what I asked Matt Eberflus last Sunday after the game. Because remember when he was talking about, you know, that defense gave up over 500 yards of, of a total offense to Detroit. And, like, not saying Detroit's a bad team by any stretch. I mean, they might be getting into the playoffs somehow this weekend. But – just the lack of tackling and in just there were some business decisions being made. It was pretty obvious. I think even Jonathan Vilma said it on the broadcast. And when Eberflus is talking about, like, you know, why didn't that play work before halftime? The one where everybody's moving at half speed because they drop 11 in the coverage. I don't know how the Bears weren't expecting that to happen, but little things like that. And then not tackling on DeAndre Swift, like letting him walk into the end zone basically on that 17 yard toss play. He's like, well, there's not a lack. Of, there's lack of execution. Wasn't executed, et cetera, et cetera. So I asked him, does lack of execution can that ever be a lack of effort? And he said he didn't see it that way. But I think that there were moments that you can point to where I don't know if it was guys being like just mentally checked out or you know unsure of what to do. But you can kind of understand what Chase Claypool is saying in those moments because I think a lot of Bears fans saw that too. At least just kind of what I gathered from Sunday's game. You know that was. That was not just, uh, you know, you got beat by a better team. That was embarrassing. You got outclassed in a lot of phases of that game, and you don't want to see that happen again because that's demoralizing, right? Like, at some point, I understand this is a team that has a lot of holes and, and a talent gap at a lot of different positions, but to lose like that on the road to your division rival that, you know, was in your spot not that long ago, like earlier this season, Detroit and Chicago were effectively neck and neck given how terrible they had played early on. And now this is a team that's going potentially into the playoffs and you get outclassed like that on the road. Like, that's not a great way to end the season. So I get what Chase Claypool is saying there, that you don't want to see that happen again. Okay, I want to take a different approach rather than talk about this lousy matchup on Sunday with Nathan Peterman at quarterback because I think it's going to be... Potentially Tim Boyle too, Cap. We can't rule out. We might see him get some snaps. This is true. Might even get to David (laughs) Montgomery as the emergency quarterback. The offensive line we have. I want to talk about the rebuild process because there are friends of mine. We've had call. We had a caller this morning. Well, my heart says we can win ten or eleven next year, but my gut tells me eight or nine. I don't see it. I think they're dead last in the division next year, barring some unbelievable record-setting draft haul. I I just think that's how far away the roster is. What do you think? 
I think I'm in the same camp because I said this when Poles got hired and when you saw when he started like ripping this thing down to the to the studs. This isn't a one-year quick fix where you go from worst to first. And I know a lot of people I keep pointing out the Bengals model of what they did when they got to the Super Bowl year and how, you know, they get Jam- they get Jamar Chase, they they year before that they address the offensive line and then boom, they're in. I think it's going to take a lot longer than that. I really do. And not saying it's going to be a 10-year process where you're in a perennial state of rebuild, like, but think about like Detroit, for an example. Like, and, and this came up last week when we were talking with Matt Eberflus. Look at how they built their offensive line. That thing started in 2016, like with uh, Taylor, Taylor Decker at left tackle. Like they've, that's a slow build because you, you, they were using high draft capital to, to fill out that part of the roster, and it took years to do that. I'm not saying that the Bears necessarily have to follow that same strategy, but there's so many positions of need. I mean, it's not just that they need defensive linemen. They need both, you know, both offensive lines and defensive lines are a top priority. You need wide receivers. You need, um, you know, to, to you know, fortify the linebacker spot too because there's a bunch of guys here that are on one-year deals. Like, so what do you do? You can't address all of it in one offseason. You can get closer to your ultimate goal, but I'm with you. I think this is a two- to three-year process, and – You'll see you'll see improvement year to year if it's done correctly, but that's the thing. Like we get to, we haven't really been able to truly evaluate Ryan Poles and his scouting staff for their you know eyes as an as evaluators because last year was just plug and play. Like trying to get guys to fill out you know a fifty three man roster. This is going to be the year where you get to see how they can evaluate talent and what the talent does when it's brought in here. But I, I think it's going to be a long process, not just a quick fix. Courtney, what's the difference between some of those uh, Zimmer Vikings teams and the O'Connell Vikings team of this year? Well, I think for one, the quarterback isn't terrified of his head coach, and that's probably a good thing. Um, he feels wow. empowered <laughs> instead of, you know, terrified of the situation, which is, you know, that, that says a lot because I think, you know, O'Con- the reason they hired O'Connell after the Jim Harbaugh snafu, which I'm getting PTSD all over again from seeing him like potentially jumping back into the NFL after last year. Someone actually sent me a screenshot of my article that I wrote last year when he had like recommitted himself to Michigan after interviewing with the Vikings and saying that he was never going to do it again. And lo and behold, he's going to do it again. But to, to the point of Kevin O'Connell, like after they, you know, after that whole thing fell through and then the Vikings land O'Connell, you start digging into his background and, you know, the connection he had with Kirk Cousins in Washington, I believe it was in the 2017 year. Like, it's not that there's another gear of Kirk Cousins that they unlocked. I just think that they have him in a better position. And he has a head coach who is, you know, skewed towards the offense and putting him in a spot where, you know, his numbers aren't where they were in previous years. They're also you know, a much better team, I think, fundamentally with the way that they're structured because they started putting all of their effort around Kirk Cousins and building on him, around him on offense when they did their competitive rebuild. Uh, that's what they deemed it this offseason. But, you know, O'Connell's, I think he's a good fit up there. It's just like after eight years of kind of the same thing with Zimmer and, you know, the way that those teams are structured around defense, I think it was a smart move to go the opposite direction when they went about their rebuild uh, in the way that they did. Here's David Kaplan. So, Courtney, in terms of the offensive line this weekend, Tevin Jenkins won't play, obviously. Larry Borum has had a very spotty year. 
Braxton Jones, I thought, had an awful game last week. There are others. I'm seeing people today, well, I think we're set at left tackle, and I think we're set here. How many people yeah. have to be replaced on this offensive line in your esteemed opinion because you watch as much tape as anybody? I think where you start is at center and right tackle. But those have to be the first two spots. And, and the reason I say, obviously, with Sam Mustafer, I think you can upgrade at that spot. I, I mean, he's done what he had. He wasn't supposed to be playing this year. Remember, Lucas Patrick was brought in to, to play to play the center spot, and he we saw him in such a like, you know such a few a few amount of snaps there because of the injuries. So whether I would assume he'll still be back next year. He signed a two year contract, but. What do you do at center? And then right tackle, Riley Reef's here on a one-year deal. So I put Braxton Jones there. Jones is going to right for me, and I'm getting an elite left tackle the best I can get. I, yeah, I think that you need to make some sh- shuffle around your current personnel. Like with me, you know, because Braxton Jones has had a good season by and large. I mean, he taught some of the issues that he had in Detroit are things that he told us about last Monday. He's playing too high. His pad level gets too high, and that's when he gets beat. He's still learning the position, though. So if you have a chance to upgrade, and there are going to be some tackles available. Um, Orlando Brown is one of the names that you keep hearing float around in free agency. Potential, you know, potential there to, to upgrade. I think that would be smart. But the guard spots, to me, like if, if Cody Whitehair is going to continue to play and where, you, where you're at right now with Tevin Jenkins, if you're comfortable there, then you might. I think you bring in as much competition as you can. And this is an offense. This is a you know, general manager who has an offensive lineman background because he played offensive line in college. So you know they're going to address it, but I think we'll see at least three new starters on this offensive line next year from where we are right now. Courtney, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, guys. Take care. Have a great day. It is Courtney Cronin who covers the Bears for ESPN Chicago with us here on Cap and J. Hood. Coming up next, the Bengals and the Bills. That game is canceled, but we talk about the impact of that, the rippling effect Coming up next on Cap and J Hood. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and J Hood are back on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's Home for Sports. Cap and J Hood on ESPN1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Greeny comes your way at 10 o'clock. Carmen Yurko at 12. Waddle and Meller. Where am I, Waddle? From 2 to 6. He's on vacay, baby. Uh, don't call me baby. 6 to 8 is Black for Black and Abdallah and Freddie and Fitzsimmons at 8. All part of the mix. He actually, we're in this Cover 5 that we all participate in. The app Cover 5. You should download it. It's a lot of fun. And Sylvie paid his debts from Cancun. I liked it. Very cool. What about Abdallah? Still a deadbeat. Oh, all right. That's now. Don't be saying that now. Don't call him a deadbeat. I didn't say he's not a good father. Okay. He's got a new child. All right. Let's move away from that. <laughs> you just had to go dark. It was fine. You, you called him a deadbeat. That ain't right. So now, so now we have, I was going to say some clarity, Cap, but it's still murky, right? I understand the NFL last night came up with their idea what they want to do here with this Bills and Bengals game. It, now it's not going to happen. But they found a formula in which they can get around this. I just know that based on everything that you and I read about this, someone's getting screwed. It yeah. sounds like the Ravens, right? Correct. But what are you going to do? Come out and complain? 
We almost lost someone to cardiac arrest in a football game. They're making the best of the situation. The best possible outcome for everybody. It is what it is. So let me make sure I get this right, Shay. I don't want to go too deep in the weeds because it's, it's lengthy, but I'll just give this. If Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie their game, a Bills-Chiefs championship game will be at a neutral site. Correct. If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties, a Bills-Chiefs championship game will be at a neutral site. Correct. Same thing if Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins, a Bills or Bengals versus Chiefs championship game will be at a neutral site. Now, um, first of all, when it comes to seeding, it does matter, doesn't it? Doesn't it matter in the National Football League where you're seeded, who's going to get a bye, who won't? I always thought they would slide this game into... I don't know, a week before the playoffs or, or slide the playoffs down a week. But that's not what they're going to do. Does not sound like... Again, some of it has to be the... Um, the Fields. Hotels mm-hmm. and the availability and all the stuff that goes into putting on all these different events. Mm-hmm. It might be just too much to be able to move it. It seems easy to just move it a week doesn't sound like it's that easy. There is still, the one seed is technically still up for grabs. If Kansas City loses and Buffalo wins, Buffalo is the one seed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any other scenario, it's Kansas City. Okay, but what about Baltimore? Baltimore got really effed because they already beat the Bengals once. They play the Bengals Sunday. They have a chance to beat the Bengals twice. And in a full game season, that would have made Baltimore the AFC North champion. Because Cincinnati will only play 16 games, Baltimore cannot win the division. So what do you think of that, Cap? Again, making the best of a bad situation. What are you going to do? Just like, but if Baltimore win, if the Baltimore Ravens win and their matchup against Cincinnati in the AFC wildcard game, the site will be determined by a coin flip. A lark, a coin flip. Now, there's a number of neutral sites places. I think it should be outdoors. I think it should be at one of these sites that won't have a game available. I would prefer they play it in, let's say it's Buffalo and Kansas City. Outdoor teams. I would rather, since we can control it, see them indoors so that I get just pure amazing football with no weather interference. But can, can't we argue back that they're both not just outdoor teams, they're both cold-weather outdoor teams. Correct. And last year, they played in Kansas City in very cold weather, one of the best games we've ever seen in the history of the National Football League. So why not put it in Pittsburgh or somewhere like that where it's going to be outside, it's going to be cold weather, because that's the scenario this game would have been played in, no matter what. Whether it was in Kansas City or Buffalo, it would be cold weather and outside. What happened to your love of the National Football League? The old Sable films, you know? Smoke coming off the top of the heads of a guy. Cold, the right? The breath. The breath, right? Like a locomotive. That's exactly right. What happened to that with you? Don't you like this? Do you want to see that again? Them guys playing out in the cold in Gillette, Soldier Field? Not really. What, what's wrong with it? It's cool, but if you told me, hey. You ain't going to go. Don't worry about it. Correct. I wouldn't go if they played it at Soldier Field. So I'd rather watch it on TV. But if you told me, hey, guess what? They're going to play it in Vegas. Okay. Let's go. Now you got Arena League. Now you got 48-45 in a controlled environment. It was 48. What was the score last year? 
in the, in the, like that in the elements, right? 38, 35 maybe? In the elements. Yeah. Uh, if you could play it indoors where weather doesn't matter or you play it in Miami where it's warm, go for it. But you is can it, control it. It was a 0% chance that this game would be indoors. There was no way. Kansas City Buffalo could not possibly be indoors. So why neutral site do we suddenly put it indoors? It doesn't make any sense. There's zero chance that it could have been played inside. Playing in Cleveland. Now it's happening in Cleveland, Charlie. Yeah, what about Wembley? Let's go to London. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> or Tottenham. Expand the footprint. Real real quick, Shay, because you have a, a conundrum when it comes to your fantasy football team. I was thinking about you last night re- regarding this. So is there any way that you can get like your average, whatever the number would be for Josh Allen, an average number, can that be aggregated into... In, no, into I, you winning? I offered a couple things, but because I was projected to win, the other guy has all the power. So I was in two champion in two championship games, and because I was projected to win one of them, the loser, of course, gets all the power. Because I can go out and say, hey, why don't we fi- figure out a way to finish this off? And he just comes back with, F you, uh, let's split the pot. I'd rather split the pot, so let's just split the pot. In my other league, where I'm also projected to win, I have Josh Allen, he has Joe Burrow. So what we did was... Their week 18 games matter. Let's just use those points. Okay. That, well, then that's fair. I was thinking that if it was, is there any way formula you could have like average numbers? The average number that Josh Allen would have, can you put that into the week that he did not play, the Monday night game? I guess not. Do you know how much money they're saying is at stake that is just like his two leagues just all effed up? Hmm. Tens of millions of dollars in fantasy football. Big. Yeah, they said could be north of $100 million. Wow, it's crazy. Crazy. Bears' regular season finale is Sunday. Do you need to see more effort? We will talk about that coming up next in two minutes on Cap and J 